0: Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. (laughs)
1: friends welcome to episode 127 this is dope nostalgia and i'm naomi your host and i'm very excited about today's episode because it's not exactly about music specifically but more about the mediums that we received the information about our favorite music stars back in the day and today so if you were anything like me as a child in my pre-teens and teen years i was addicted to magazines, I would wait for the magazine store, like the convenience store to get the magazines come in every week, because I'd want to see the latest bop, teen beat, tiger beat, oh, 16, YM, 17. And then later on, I was getting into heavier music, I wanted to get the new Metal Edge, Circus, Rolling Stone, you name it. I was a total addict. And my mom really remembers that because she was the one who worked out all the money for it. I'd be constantly begging for more. And they would tell me when I was in the convenience stores that this isn't a library. You either buy it or stop reading it. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it was a huge addiction for me. And it's how I got all my pinups, posters, how I learned all my favorite facts about my favorite artists. The magazines, that was the way we figured things out. I mean, we have the Internet now and things have changed. And talk about change, it drastically recreated how we receive information when the Internet came along. Now, there is a publication that has recently been released that's taking us back to that era of being excited to get the magazine and not only buying it at the store, but the subscription, the physical copy coming to your mailbox monthly. That's what Retro Pop is all about. Retro Pop magazine is a brand new publication out of the UK. And we're going to learn all about it from its editor, Connor Gatto, who is my special guest today. Here's a little bit of information about Retro Pop. Wikipedia Wikipedia moments. Here's some information straight from their website, retropopmagazine.com. Step back in time to the 1970s and the dawning of the first disco era through the synth-pop-soaked stock Aitken Waterman glory years of the 1980s into the club-crazed Britpop brilliance of the 90s and beyond. Retro pop is a joyous celebration of pop music, fetting the biggest hits, hottest sounds, and signature styles of the past five decades and the artists who stood at the center of it all. Every month, Retro Pop brings you 100 pages of pop nostalgia featuring exclusive chats with the world's premier acts who candidly open up about their extraordinary successes and detail their latest projects. With one foot in the past, Retro Pop also looks into the future, spotlighting current chart acts and rising stars whose work is heavily influenced by classic sounds and upholds the legacies of eras gone by. In every issue, you'll also find bumper features, quick read interviews, the latest news, release schedules, reviews, and of course, our pop quiz. Now that was one of my favorite things too in magazines back in the day, all the quizzes. So now Retro Pop is available in store at WH Smith, Eason, Independent News Agents, and online and through subscriptions. So you can find your nearest stockist on their website And how you can get it in North America. Just go to RetroPopMagazine.com. And I thought, hey, RetroPop and Dope Nostalgia, we have a lot in common. So why not get their editor to come and have a chat with me all about the magazine and all of his great success with getting it off the ground. Welcome to Dope Nostalgia, Connor Gatto. I love the background you've got there. Like the different pictures. My
2: wall of icons yes icons only Shakespeare's
1: sister amazing yeah
2: Danny Banana Bananarama Janet got Mariah up there all of them there's always room to add though I, I <laughs> always feel conflicted when I come on and people go oh are they all your favorite people and I'm like no nobody be offended <laughs> there's more
1: <laughs> that's just the tip of the iceberg
2: literally there's <laughs> so much more
1: well, thank you. I want to tell you about this podcast. It's called dope nostalgia based out of Canada. So yeah. I'm over in the West at West coast, basically. And um, I talk with people who were big in the nineties as well as about them. So on this particular episode, I wanted to make it all about your magazine.
2: Okay. Because Amazing. I'm really,
1: I am really excited that a magazine such as yours has been published now. This is great stuff. What was the motivation to create Retro Pop Magazine?
2: Well, it was kind of snowballing into something that it wasn't supposed to. It was really just, if we go back to 2020, I'd kind of been thinking about, oh, this would be fun to do. And I was working at a news agency at the time. um, And I thought, well, this could, you know, just make a little website and I can have something to kind of write about what I like and might be good for my career to do something like that you know and then when COVID happened and they announced the first lockdown I at that time I was working five days a week but it was 7 a.m till 3 p.m so I used to love the fact that from 3 p.m all through the evening I had to myself but then when we're locked down I thought shit I'm gonna turn off the computer and I've got nothing to do so this is the ideal time to do that So I did it and it just kind of, people took to it. (laughs) It was really weird. And there's this kind of weird thing that you're doing it and people come to expect things to be there all the time. And I'm going, I'm just a kid at my kitchen table. Like, don't shout at me that there's no news story today. (laughs) Um, So it, you know, it kind of carried on. I got into the habit of doing it. And then I started doing interviews after a while. And I mean, literally starting with kind of, more niche acts. And then it kind of grew within a couple of months. And there were people like Bonnie Tyler and Gary Newman and steps and Gabrielle and St. Etienne and all these people that I really loved. And Mm. I think kind of when you're doing it, you don't step out of it and go, Oh, that that's kind of weird that I'm just sat here, you know, doing it myself and all these people actually want to be on it. So it was a, um, somebody in the, industry in the radio industry actually kind of reached out to me and was talking about it because he does um, some radio shows, totally eighties and totally nineties. Mm. And he was like, Oh, you know, there's a bit of a crossover here, or quite similar. Let's chat. And he said, you know, well, you should make this into a proper magazine. And I just kind of went, Oh yeah, that would be nice. And I, so I came home and thought, Oh, well I'll put some feelers out and see, uh, you know, whether people would be interested in being in it. And of course, once you send out all these emails going, I'm going to make this magazine. And I just wondered whether you want to be in it. And then they all say, yes, you go, damn, now I've got to make a magazine because <laughs> yeah. all these people want to be in it. And that is literally how it happened.
1: It's incredible. The reaction that like, from my point of view, doing a podcast and reaching out to the artists and that you're doing reaching out to artists, the reactions we've been getting where they're like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. I mean, I kind of attribute some of that to the fact that no one's been touring for two years.
2: Yeah, and I think with, you know, before there was this kind of thing that when artists were doing interviews, it had to be all properly set up and, you know, be in a lovely venue and journalists would go and it would be a, a kind of event, whereas in COVID everyone was at home. So there was kind of no excuse for them to not do it. You yeah. know, they couldn't say, oh, sorry, they don't have time today. Cause it's like, well, what are they doing? You know? <laughs> exactly. surely they've got 15 minutes. So it's well, kind that- of been a revelation.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, too, like you said, like there's normally like a like a setup to do the interview, a location. They probably have a rider and all those types of things. Now it's like all you have to do is turn on Zoom.
2: Exactly. It's ridiculous. And you kind of forget about how it was before, you know, the kind of protocol for things. I mean, I did my first in-person interview in ages, like uh, a couple of months ago now. And during COVID, we got a dog. And I mean, we already had a dog before, but then we got another dog and this one doesn't like to be left alone. So I was like, well, I'll just take him with me. And there was this whole thing of, oh, well, dogs aren't allowed in this building. Where are we going to go? And I'm like, well, he's not staying down here. (laughs) You're going to have to move this interview. But you kind of forget that, you know, after two years, you get used to everything being so chill that to actually have to go out and make yourself presentable and sit there and kind of nod along instead of being on the phone, like, you know, wiping down the kitchen or whatever. It's such a different thing you forget.
1: Yeah. And I mean, one thing I appreciate the most about your magazine in a world where everything's going online is the fact that this is a physical magazine again.
2: Yeah, Now that's what people want.
1: Yeah, especially with the subject
2: matter. There's, when you look at the way the music industry is going, physical is coming back with such a, there's such a demand for it. So there's no reason why, to my mind, I mean, watch it totally tank now. (laughs) Please God don't. But, you know, that people want something that's got substance. They want to hold it. They don't want to pay to just read it on their tablet or whatever and that's why I keep the two very different you know I we publish some reviews online as and when albums come out because I think that makes sense and it's beneficial for people to read those to buy the album and also for the artist to get that kind of exposure but I, I really kind of take bridge when magazines will run an interview and expect people to pay for it to get the magazine and then as soon as it goes off sale put it all online So just, it's like, you know, we've got your money now, now everyone can have it for free. And then they go, oh, well, people aren't buying print. Well, no shit, because they know that four weeks later they can get it for free online. So I just Mm -hmm. think it's kind of, you know, it would be offensive for me to say to people here, buy this, support a small business. You know, we're independent, buy this magazine. And then four weeks later go, now everyone can have it since we've, you know, since you've paid for it, everyone can read it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of treating your, your readership like they're idiots you know like yeah. I don't like that at all I think it's disrespectful
2: it, it's it just doesn't really it's just counterintuitive on mm. all on you know on that a moral level but maybe yeah. morals is a strong word you know it's only a little interview but also That's on, okay. a, you know business-wise it's like it, it just doesn't make sense to me mm. you know you kind of want people to be invested and feel like they're getting their money's worth
1: I was avidly into magazines as a teenager. Um, I had certain ones that I loved and bought religiously every month. Um, Anything from like, well, you're in the UK, so they're probably a bit different. We had like Teen Beats, uh, YM, Seventeen Magazine, Mm -hmm. and then there'd be like the musical publications too, like The Rolling Stone. Um, I like some of the hard rock ones we had too. What were your magazines? that you loved
2: growing up? Well you know because I'm I mean I'm only 25 so I was kind of in the noughties and they were kind of fading out even at that time. I remember we had Top of the Pops magazine which I used to get which I loved which was kind of
0: Mm. uh,
2: I would say that was the main one at that time. I mean I guess Smash Hits was around as well but I mean you got to remember that I was by the time I was a teenager that was almost 2010. So they that was gone. really when they, they were, on the were way out. fading out. Yeah. So I, in a weird way, they'd always been a nostalgic kind of thing that, mm-hmm. and I kind of loved it cause I'd look at them and go, you know, like um, my mom would get the smash hits, you know, when they'd kind of do the eighties special or whatever. And mm-hmm. she'd get those and I'd look at it and go, oh, this is so cool. I wish they had that now. And, that's a really nice thing for me to be able to 10 years on to do that, (laughs) to kind of put something out that's quite similar and does the same thing. And, you know, has the same kind of ethos and celebrates the music.
1: It must be very fulfilling to kind of have that come back around that way and create what you always wanted to have for
2: yourself already. (laughs) You know, it's really fun. It's, and this is not to say that I don't take it seriously because obviously I do. And, you know, I, I really try to make every issue great, but sometimes I just sit there feeling like I'm playing shop and I'm, you know, getting all these people in it and putting it all together and going, oh, it's so cool, doesn't it look great? And it's only really when, because we get all the um, the the online copies, you know, for subscriptions, online orders delivered here. And it's only that's a week after it goes to press. And when they come and I see it, I go, oh God, yeah, I remember that's what we made last week. That's quite cool. But you kind of don't really... It's weird. You don't make the connection. It's almost like a school project. You know, you're putting it together and going, Oh, this is nice. And we'll do that. And yeah, that looks good there. And then it, it all comes together and you in go, your wow, hands, the that's finished when copy. It's like you go, Oh, this is quite good, actually. And I do sometimes, not to sound full of myself or like an egomaniac, but I do sometimes go, Oh, God, I wish someone else made this so I could read it. Because <laughs> all I do is read it and pick out the typos which is we you know, always I'm do like that to my our red marker pen
1: we always do that to our own art whatever it is we always yeah, yeah. we can't just enjoy it we have to honestly you know, over examine it
2: <laughs> it's and that's the most annoying thing when you know there's sometimes i mean people don't do it too often but there is one time a, a PR came back to me and said oh do you know you've spelt someone's name wrong at one point in this interview could you change it and it's like do you think I'm going to go and gather all these thousands of copies of magazines and like cross it out and amend it? Like, um, no. what are you asking me to do?
1: Like, <laughs> Don't they sometimes just in the next episode or the next issue, just say, Hey, we had a typo and we apologize from the last step or last issue kind of thing where it's like, it,
2: or is it, that, it that's was more like if you like, get a
1: fact wrong or something. Yeah,
2: exactly. I was like, I think they can see it's a typo. Like we've done it once. We can chill out here. Yeah, no. true. it's like the world's going to shit. This is the least of my worries. <laughs> like, honestly, You're just trying
1: to provide a little joy in a shit world.
2: <laughs> honestly. And they're like, oh, well, you know, that's it's his name. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's his name. No shit, but who cares? Like, get over it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're right. It only happened one time.
2: That's it. They're like, (laughs) you've clearly paid more attention to this than I did.
1: Well, we want our listeners to know that you can subscribe just like you used to be able to back in the day. You can get it delivered to your door. Now, I know you're a UK publication, but are you international?
2: We deliver internationally. We're hoping to get onto international newsstands soon over. It's, you know, when you're starting out as a independent company and you're saying to this distributor "Yes, we you want to be everywhere they're kind of like okay that's nice you know mm-hmm. we'll put you in a few stores and see so it's kind of we're it's a snowball thing and we're getting into more and more and um hopefully by the end of the year we'll be you know more readily available in international territories but yeah we d- deliver internationally where the digital edition should be up very soon it's been a i mean setting that up is been a back and forth and back and forth but we're getting there so it's you know we're i want to make it as readily available as possible it shouldn't be hard work to try and get a magazine um Mm. especially in this day and age when you know everything's so available and everyone expects everything to be like amazon and to arrive the next day so it's uh, you know but we're getting there
1: um because you're only you're on like the fourth released issue now at this point right yeah yeah so it's still fresh and it's still growing and how like first of all you have a team that works with you to produce the the magazine or how does that work or do you, are you doing the majority of it
2: so there's me and there's my art director and then I have a team of freelance writers and that is it basically it's really a kind of it, it's small people somebody um messaged me online the other day and said, oh, do you know, I'd love to come and see the office and see how it all works. And I was like, you want to see my kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not what you think it is.
1: <laughs> how, so are you doing the majority of the interviews, Ben, yourself?
2: Um, A portion of them, I'd say, it kind of just depends on what's happening and, you know, what kind of thing it is. I mean, in the next one, Actually, in the next one, I've not done all that many.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It just kind of depends what it is, if it's something that I always like to do. I mean, obviously you can't always do people that, you know, you can't be a super fan of everyone, but mm-hmm. if I, if there's someone better suited to it and who would get more out of interviewing that person and would kind of, you know, throw themselves into writing it, then I'd rather they do it and have a good time than me sit there and slog away, you know, and mm-hmm. try and make it sound like I'm really into something. And that's, you know, obviously sometimes it's not about being a massive fan of their music. I've, I love talking to people and getting their stories. Yeah. That's what I enjoy about it and kind of really talking about what it's been like for them to get from that point to now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you have to, you know, it's like, I like the music, but sometimes I don't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily listen to it on repeat. But I can appreciate it and go, this is an amazing song in pop history. How did it come about? And tell me the circumstances surrounded it. And, you know, there's times I've gone into interviews thinking, oh, God, I really, you know, I could do without having to do this today. And they turn out to be some of my favorites that I've done, which is really, it's strange.
1: And I think that also
2: comes from, no, I was going to say it also comes from that when you're a fan of someone, you've probably read most of their interviews anyway. And there's nothing more frustrating than when you're talking to them and they're giving you all those same lines they've already given. And you just want to go, tell me something new. Like, I know this.
1: One thing that I've found that was important to me in doing this show and in doing interviews was I'm trying to avoid asking questions where you could Google the answer to it you know yeah. what i mean i want to hear what the artist has to say about the things they've experienced just like you said and mm-hmm. i i don't want to ask them the same questions they've heard a million times if i can yeah. a- at all avoid that i will i want them to enjoy the experience of the of the conversation
2: and not be like oh i'm so tired of this you know that is it and i th- i think it's interesting though that i mean i guess it's because there's not all that many music magazines around now that i find people are really happy to open up when you're actually talking about the music because they don't get to do that often. They're so used to talking to tabloids or talking to, um, you know, weekly mags or ones that kind of want a news line. Yeah. Whereas, you know, but they want to know
1: too much personal stuff about you. That's none of their yeah. business.
2: Whereas, you know, sometimes, and it's funny because, you know, there's times that I'm talking to people and I think they're so used to having to give those lines to get the exposure that i'm like no i actually just want to talk about your single like tell me about it and they're like oh okay it's you know so i think it's kind of refreshing for them as well to be able to kind of indulge themselves and to say Mm. yeah no this is really good and it was really fun and i'm having a great time
1: and very important too to talk about not only what they did in the past and reflect on that but also to really focus on what they're doing now Because it was told to me by somebody who's very important in the music business here in Canada that basically when you approach somebody for an interview, you want them to know that you want to focus on their career now. Nobody wants to feel like they're washed up or all you want want to do is talk about their their one hit from like 1993, you know? Everybody wants to talk about what they're doing now. And that's really important.
2: Well, that's it. And I think it's really you know, if you look at everything that we do in each issue, it's based on something that's happening now, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of how we go in and say, you know, whether it's, even if it's an anniversary reissue or something, obviously that's rooted in the past, but it's very much looking at it from today's point of view and, Mm. you know, to promote something that's current. And I think, you know, people forget when, especially when it's artists that do the nostalgia tours and that kind of retro circuit, they forget mm-hmm. there's, you know, the career is still very much going. So, uh, you know, that's, I think if you can give people that exposure, that's, you know, it's a kind of reciprocity thing, you, you know, you mm-hmm. talk about their stuff, the current stuff, and then kind of go back and see how they got to that point. And that's kind of interesting, you know, yeah. it's, I always think it's interesting talking to people who, you know, have these amazing careers and been signed to massive labels and toured the world and done all that kind of thing. And then, now they're kind of living a bit of a suburban life on a farm and they still do things and, you know, they dip in and out of their career, but now they're very much independent and doing it a different way. And Mm -hmm. it's just that kind of the journey that's important and getting to the person behind the pop star. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously they're still going out and kind of putting on this front, but behind it, things are very different to how they were 30 years ago within the industry in general. Mm -hmm. So it's, and I think, you know, people are, interested in that
1: and I think it's good because providing um, an avenue for artists to express with their fans what they're doing again is something that's beautiful and and it's nice to be a part of doing that um, and providing that for them Uh, like I mean there's so many pop stars now that are like majorly famous and you hear about them on blogs and on 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 like the snapchat little links and and yeah, yeah. it kind of buries <clears throat> other stuff going on, you know, like yeah. Kardashian news and things like that. It just kind of buries some of the great new music that's coming out and people aren't hearing about it because they're just seeing that headline all the time.
2: But I think and so much of it as well comes from, I mean, it's crazy now when you look at things like, um, I mean, take like Lizzo's new single,
1: mm-hmm. for
2: example, that, you know, kind of debuted. I mean, it's a great song, but, it, you know, it didn't debut amazingly in the charts, but then it went viral on TikTok. Mm. And then it gets added to playlists. And then it gets high up in the charts. So you kind of go, well, are people really paying attention to it? Or is it getting this exposure because, you know, people are doing a little dance to it, but are they going to remember it? You know, yeah. it's that weird balancing thing. And I, I think it's, you know, the people that, I try to put in the magazine, obviously there's some really big people. There's, you know, a lot of really big people, but that's not everything. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a good song is a good song. Yeah. You know, if, if I listen to something and think, oh, that's a really great pop song, then I'm going to get that person in it because, mm-hmm. you know, more than anything, they probably don't have that backing to kind of get in the big publications, if you will or to do all that kind of promo and get that exposure. So I kind of want to, while I've got a platform where you can do that, then why would I not support it?
1: A hundred percent. I mean, even record companies don't run the way they used to anymore. So they don't have that backing that they once had, you know?
2: Well, that's it. Like in the past, if you did an album, that was a hit and then you did one that tanked, they'd say, well, it's okay. You can come back with the next one. Whereas now I think it's very much like, you know, as soon as you tank, you're, you're done, you know, it's like onto the next one. Um, There's no room for error. (laughs) It's, it's kind of, you know, I I really do applaud the artists that, you know, keep on going and keep on releasing music and just push forward and do it their own way and find a way Mm -hmm. through to keep doing what they love because it's, you know, I talk to so many people and, You kind of get the same journey every time you know you hear the same things and go god it's it's really hard and there's so much more to what's happening beyond the three and a half minute song that we get at the end of it and go "Mm, that's nice you know (laughs) but then you listen to the journey to make that song and go wow that's you know that's someone's lived through that yeah
1: puts a whole new spin on it for you on the meaning of that track
2: it's it's crazy But it's uh, it's fun.
1: Who's one of your dream interviews? Like who are are people that you would absolutely die to get on an an issue?
2: (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, there's so many, so many. I mean, obviously there's like, you know, Cher, Madonna, Janet, all the big pop girls I'd love to do. I was thinking about this before because kind of knew that I'd be asked this question. And I always kind of go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I'd really (laughs) love to interview Mariah Carey because God bless her. She must be so tired of answering questions about J-Lo and being a diva and like her whistle register. But she's such an, in addition to her voice, she's such an amazing songwriter, such an amazing producer, a brilliant arranger. So Mm -hmm. I just love to actually talk to her and say, you know, tell me about some of these songs. Let's talk about my favorite deep cuts. And I feel like she'd go, this is nice. We can like actually talk about these things
1: exactly deep cuts is the way to go i'm always fascinated by that
2: i, I love it and you know it, it's it always makes me laugh when i'm talking to people and i mention something and you can kind of tell they're like okay this is a bit creepy that he knows all this stuff about you know this one b-side from 1986 or something you think they would be so uh,
1: excited
2: <laughs> well i know but I, I think a lot of the time they're going what is this song like This was not a single. Why am I talking about it? (laughs) You know, because I guess when you know, when you think about being a fan of something, you know, you kind of cherish those things. But I guess when you're doing it and it's a kind of just a throwaway track you recorded, they're kind of like, Well, I just went in and sung the line and that was it. On to the next one. (laughs) But that's where you have to dig,
1: you can dig a little deeper and ask them like about what tracks meant something to them that never got to see the light of day.
2: That is why someone like Mariah is so involved. I'd love to talk about those things because, well, she's got no way out basically, you know, she does everything on it. So she'd probably be
1: so happy to have that conversation.
2: I mean, that would just be amazing.
1: I think so. But yeah, Mariah, that would be a dream guest for sure. Cause I think people kind of make their own impressions about her that are based on nothing, but yeah hearsay when she seems like she's a really good person who's really fun and entertaining and funny i think this she laughs at the diva thing you know what i mean yeah. i think she, she i think she makes it bigger than it actually is just because it's funny to her
2: yeah absolutely and i mean you know she's what 30 something years into her career and still make it i mean the last the caution album is one of my favorites mm-hmm. i did just you know such a strong album and to put that out 30 years into your career is amazing so you know I think people don't I think in the US she gets a lot more credit than she does over here in the UK in the UK people just see her very much as a the you know the girl from the 90s that sung that Christmas song yeah you know she never really you know in America she has all the number ones and that's that kind of legacy but I think over here it's a kind of different perception of her Hmm. I mean she still gets celebrated but I think she's more there's a very tight knit fan group who are really, you know, devout fans, mm-hmm. but she really just kind of comes around every Christmas and from, you know, the <laughs> 1st of November to December 31st, that's all you hear. Yeah. And then you kind of, unless she has an album out and does a bit of promo, you don't really hear anything again until the end of the year. But it's a I- shame because, you know, there's so much amazing music. I mean, she nearly bankrupt me a couple of years ago and she did all those reissues. And I was just <laughs> sat there like, why am I spending all this money? And I'm like, but I need it. I need it.
1: That's what I tell myself all the time. Every time I buy it, like, like a yeah, a special like anniversary edition of something. It's like, yes, yeah. I need it. It's got all the extra stuff. And it's like you said, it's nice to have the physical copy of it too.
2: It's ridiculous. Like even on you know, record store day and I'm going around going, Do I need it? Do I need it? No, but I'll take it. <laughs> you know, that I'm coming home going, I wonder if I'll ever listen to this. Or if I'll <laughs> just play it the once and totally forget I have it, which I'm very guilty of doing a lot.
0: After these messages, will be right back.
1: Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon. For those who want to support the show financially, for as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind-the-scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So, please, join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia.
0: Love music? Who Who doesn't? doesn't. Who and what were the albums and artists that really turned you on to music? The ones that made you really stop and listen. The ones that shaped your tastes and opened your horizons. That's what we want to talk about. Dig deep into your vinyl, CDs, or even stream away. Let's listen and learn all about what made you fall in love with music in the first place. This is Learning to Listen. So good. Okay, interesting take. Uh, Could you read like a human being? That's exactly the way a human would read that. Take two. The ones that, uh, I don't know, shaped your taste and opened your horizons, you know? That's, that's that's what we want to talk about, you know? You know? Dig deep, <laughs> deep into your vinyl, CDs, or even stream away.
1: Join Quinn, Charlie, and myself, Naomi, for a brand new album every single week on L2L, learning to listen. Found everywhere great podcasts are served.
0: Who's the ring? Who's You can wear a ring around your finger, ring pop. I love the way a ring looks. I love the way my ring tastes. Ring pop! (laughs) It's a juicy, jewel flavor, ring pop. Will you wear my ring? Ring pop! Ring pop! It's a lollipop without a stick. A ring of flavor you can lick. It's tart and sour blue rubber too. So now you can get it.
1: I was seeing that you had um, some really exciting recent interviews, like Rick Astley, who's on tour in the U.S. right now with New Kids on the Block, Um, Hanson, Darren Hayes. They've all been there. Brian Adams, Canada's Prince, Brian Adams. (laughs) So, so that's really exciting that you got those interviews. And you know, I wanted to ask you how (laughs) do how do you approach them. To get to get them interested in into the uh, into doing the interview for the magazine.
2: Do you know? I wish I had a more exciting story than I do, but I just (laughs) kind of said, you know, I'll get the press release through saying I'm such a person's doing an album and then I'll kind of just I think I have this way of emailing to ask for something in a way that kind of says we are going to do this. So when is it going to be? Ah. <laughs> you know so it's kind of like oh yes I'd love to do this when's a good time to talk to them thank you this is inevitable
1: um, and you're going to be a part of it
2: <laughs> I mean okay you know some are really you know Brian was great he was totally up for it Darren Hayes was great but I mean they were all up for it Rick mm. Astley was kind of hard to track down because he was mm. in America doing his thing and yeah obviously going through the UK PR and that I was determined to get him for that reissue because I thought it was worth celebrating Mm. and I did (laughs) I totally left it till didn't leave it till the last minute as in to reach out I'd been trying for a month and they've been trying to get him and it was on press day and I did the interview at 6 p.m and I filed 2,500 words at 8 p.m wow because I was like that needs to be done mm-hmm. I gotta do it so and you know and and it turned out great and it's every you know my my designer's like what's happening with this and I'm like just chill out just take a few <laughs> hours off we're gonna be fine and you know my partner's like why have you left it till this point and I'm going Dan it's fine it's all gonna work out and then it did and it was great yeah. um but I you know it's it, it's exciting to talk to them and and I really appreciate it. But what I always boils down to, to me is I, I just say to them, all I need is a 15 minute phone call.
0: Mm-hmm. I just
2: get them on the phone. They can be wherever in the car. I don't care. Just, yeah. you know, th- th- there's nothing that's going to need to be redacted. I'm not going to ask anything that they don't want to talk about. Just get them mm-hmm. on the phone. Let me talk to them. And everybody's happy. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, it, it works. And I mean, I get that, you know, sometimes people are hesitant, especially with a a new title when they've not necessarily seen it before and don't know what kind of thing it is. But what's been really great is that once I, you know, the day before it all comes out, I send them all the PDF of the interview and make sure everyone's got it. Everyone's seen it, everyone's happy. I mean, it's kind of Mm. too late then because it's already gone to press, but it's, you know, (laughs) I know know it's all going to be fine, but it's just so they can look at it and go, yeah, this is nice. And, you know, if you'd like to share it, please do. Mm. and every time without fail so far, fingers crossed, they've come back and said, oh, well, this is so great. Like, thank you so much for doing it. And I think they're starting to see, oh, actually, yes, yeah, is just a kind of feel good celebration. It's not about, you know, it's not a snobby music magazine that's trying to put people down for doing one thing and, you know, trying to ah. push an agenda. It's really, it's just fun.
1: It's positive and we need that right yeah. now. And it's just nice to see, that kind of format again in a positive light i mean you take a magazine like rolling stone or you know musical reviewers can be so harsh critics are terrible to, to artists and in this situation they don't have to go through that
2: well it's you know i'm not a fan of reviews but um we have them because people want them you know, mm. people like to read them and also the artists want them, you know, I've always been sent things that oh, we review this and I've oh, got another one. Um, but what I try and do with reviews is, and this is going to sound kind of can- counterintuitive, but I think it works is to to kind of frame it from the point of view of what they're trying to achieve with it and what they're trying to do. Because I can listen to something and go, yeah, it's not my thing, one star, but that's not helpful to anyone. No. know i'd I'd rather listen to it and go you know quite often i've either spoken to the person or you know i've been writing about it so i kind of know what they're trying to get at and then i'll go okay you know they've done this and this works and this you know it sounds good it it matches the brief so this is you know if this is what you're into then this is really good there's you know there's no point in me listening to something and go well i don't like it so nobody should buy it
1: your one star could be my five star and all you're accomplishing all that person that reviewer is accomplishing is making people feel like shit about the things they like. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's, that doesn't help anybody. You like what you just, like.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's like now when you, um, you know, you see kind of old reviews of things come up on social media and they, you know, it's especially listen, you see the um, reviews of like Stock Ake and Waterman singles and things like that. And they're usually have like one or two star and it's like, Oh, another, you know, rehashing this blah, blah, blah. Now, when you look back on that time, everyone goes, oh, it's actually really good pop music." Mm-hmm. But at the time, because people wanted to kind of push what was more worthy, it's kind of like, "Oh, well, we'll put those down because they, you know, can't seem to do wrong in terms of the charts." And but you know, yeah. here's this new person that's really great. That you know, more often than not, I mean, they can be very good, but they weren't the ones making the waves. So it's oh. you know, people like what people like, and I, I don't think. I think a review can if it's done right, can help sell an album and support that kind of music and you know give the artist a boost, then that's then I'm happy to do it.
1: Yeah. And a review in a positive, positive light.
2: No no trash.
1: <laughs> you know, no trashing, a- no trashing people, <laughs> right?
2: You know, it's it's like I think you can be critical of something if there's like a, a basis for it or a reason. You know, like if, if someone For example, I've reviewed albums before where they've kind of said, oh, yeah, we got this all new sound and it's all new and it's really different and blah, blah, blah. And then you listen to it and there's like the single that's different. And then the rest of it sounds like everything they've ever made before. Then I will kind of say, you know, just a warning. If you're expecting it to all be like the single, then, you know, maybe stream it first (laughs) and check. Because then I think that's kind of like, you know, it's it's like false advertisement. So I, I kind of think that's fine If there's a basis mm-hmm. to say Just a point But if you're just going to say Well, no, it's, you know It's all like their old stuff They've said it's this They lied Zero stars <laughs> Like, who cares? Who cares what I think? Oh. You know, make your own mind up
1: Do you have any sneak peeks As to who's coming up in future future issues? I keep saying episodes Because
2: <laughs> you in the podcast zone <laughs>
1: issues any anybody you'd like to share yet or is it all top secret
2: no no the next one is so the next one goes to press next week a week today and it's it's a really great issue it's um it's actually so obviously it comes out during pride month and i've kind of inadvertently all the <laughs> big features in it are lgbtqia plus artists which oh, is wow. and i didn't Honest to God, I did not mean to do it. it. It just, which is how I think it should be. You know, I, yeah. I hate the token pride issue when they kind of squeeze everyone into one so they can say they've done it and then move on to the next thing. It was you just Say totally they check buy- the box
1: or something kind of thing? Yeah.
2: yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, all the brands that release the pride sandwich ranges and during June and then afterwards, it's like, right, now you're mm-hmm. done. Back to the dull packaging. Um, but And I literally realized because I moved the cover around last minute. um, So I had a free feature and I was looking through the archive of things that I had to see, you know, for something unpublished that I could add in. And. um, I saw this one interview and I was like, oh, that's good. You know, it'd be good to have, um, you know, this during Pride Month. And then I looked at the list and went, oh yeah, and that's, oh yeah, and that, and that, and that, and that. So this is great. Um, I mean, there's other stuff in there as well, you know, smaller quick read things, but it's really great. It's the cover for the next one is, it's not an artist you would maybe expect, but it's very, I think it's a really interesting story. As I say, we were going to do something else and I couldn't get the kind of access that I needed um Mm -hmm. due to timings and things so I was like okay well you know we can do something smaller on that um you know it wouldn't have worked for a cover feature um and then I I kind of thought about doing this as a cover and went oh no it's it's kind of a bit you know it's not what people would expect and then I did the interview and I was like wow that was a really great chat like there's so much good stuff in there and then I just thought you know this just makes sense as a cover so I, I think people would be surprised by it but it's a really interesting um it's a good one.
1: I can't believe people like it. That's amazing.
2: And then in going into the rest of the year we've we kind of got a good run of things coming up actually. Some some big things, some some kind of nichey things that people, you know, the fans will really like. It's just about I kind of like to put something in there for everyone. It's very mm-hmm. you know, you kind of sit there And put it together and on the one hand you want to go oh well i love this and this and this and this and i could put it all in and then i go well i might as well just call it connor's magazine you know (laughs) it's all just things that i like um yeah but so i you know there's things that i go oh well should i put it in and then i'm like well you know it might not be my thing but they've still got loads of fans who would want to read this so Mm -hmm. you know you've you've got to cater to people you can't you know it's funny people will say to us oh you know i love this and this and this but you know i didn't really love this and i'm like well you know you win some you lose some you, you can't have there's something there for everybody it. though yeah yeah you, it, it's, you can't it's love it would everything. be impossible to tailor it to every person but i think you know as long as we're kind of representing everyone and kind of showing the spectrum of music and um just trying to get as much in there as possible
1: which Can is what people- try to do can people write letters to the editor? Send you like emails about, and then do you publish those letters?
2: Well, I don't. But if they want to write to me, they can. Yes, <laughs> like write to me. It's always Make nice it to nice. get some
1: some feedback on what you're doing.
2: Yeah, yeah just, just remember what we said about reviews. Okay, that applies to the letters to the editor.
1: <laughs> Constructive and friendly.
2: Four and stars and a above only, or don't bother. <laughs> Oh, I gotta regret that.
1: Is there anybody, art like music wise, artist wise, that you want to see make a big comeback who hasn't yet?
0: Oh my god!
2: Um, you
1: can take your time to think about it because I can edit this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I would love a new Danny Bonoque album.
1: Ooh, Danny! Yes, you don't hear I mean, much about it's, what it's she's been... doing over here.
2: She's you what, never hear so?
1: you never hear much about Danny Minogue over here in Canada. It's always Kylie. Well,
2: she's well, she's not really done all that much lately. I think I, I mean she does the TV stuff mm-hmm. in Australia, but I mean music-wise, there's been an the occasional single. But so I mean she's been talking about making an album for. I mean I'm not exaggerating by saying decades. Yeah. Um, so that would be amazing. I was really excited by the <laughs> new um, Betty Boo mu- music, <gasps> which is. It's just great to see her back after 30 years. Yes. Um, who else do I? I'm trying to think. Do you know, I always do this when I'm asked and then I'll come off and go, they just come to me straight away. As soon as well, we end this call, I'll go. Exactly. Oh, I love all these people.
1: <laughs> but you being so young too, Um. what was your exposure to this music from the 80s and 90s primarily? How did you get into it?
2: I think we always had the kind of, music tv channels on mm-hmm. when I was a kid so it was kind of ver- like visually I'd be drawn to things which is probably why you know it's a lot of the female artists that I'm really drawn to because mm-hmm. they'd be the ones doing the kind of the exciting visuals so I remember yeah it's kind of weird because um you know you talk about being exposed to certain people and during certain eras so for me, I discovered Madonna during Ray of Light and for Cher it was Believe and Shania Twain, it was the Up album. And then, so I kind of got to experience it all in reverse and then go, it was, I mean, it was mainly my grandmother really who would then say, oh, well, if you like this album, listen to this album. And I kind of go backwards and there was already this archive of stuff there. But I always say, I think it's great to, be in that position and to do what I do because you know when you've lived through something and you remember it the first time around Mm. your memories are kind of they're affected by that experience and what was going on at the time and you know you've been through the whole thing whereas I can look back at things and go god this is great music and that's it
0: you know
2: it's not like you, you know you don't remember that you were going through a shitty breakup at the time so you really hate that album or, uh, you know, somebody used to really annoy you at the time because they were everywhere, so you can't stand their music. Mm-hmm. You know, I can just listen to it and go, this is really great, I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a kind of, you know, we have quite a few, I have quite a few younger writers that work with me. And I think that works really well, because now, you know, all this stuff is coming back around, the, those classic sounds are coming back around. And it's it's kind of refreshing to hear it from the point of view of, people who you know weren't there the first time around but just love it for what it is
1: yeah oh wow that That is cool like when I think about most of the artists that I've discovered um I always just seem to discover them after they had already had a few hit albums so I've been through the the same thing and it's kind of nice to realize their whole back catalog is all brand new to you yeah it's amazing I love that I, I, I was like that especially about like a band like Bon Jovi because I didn't get yeah. into Bon Jovi until the 90s. Hmm. And then I was like, well, they were the biggest thing <clears> in the <throat> 80s. So <laughs> there it is, right?
2: It, it's um, a funny thing as well. You get, um, you kind of forget, like when you're, when you're a fan in real time, if you will, like someone like Joni Mitchell say how her voice has changed over the years. People who are a fan originally and love that range. Mm-hmm. would then go oh god you know her voice has got you know the range has come down and blah blah blah. later on and might not necessarily be a fan of that whereas my first experience of her was the 2000 version of Both Sides Now which mm-hmm. had the deep voice so that was my it, it's weird like that's the Joni kind of era that I gravitate to from kind of Turbulent Indigo onwards yeah is, was my first thing and then I kind of go back in time and have all this stuff there whereas I think So it's almost like you go back and it gets better and better and better and better, and and, you know it all opens up. Whereas when you're living through it and you go, "Oh yeah, she was great up until that point, but then I I didn't like the way her voice turned or whatever," it's. I mean, this is you know same for loads of artists. bon Bon Jovi. (laughs) That's it, you know. Obviously, let's go there.
1: He's been getting a lot of flack lately because he's they just finished a tour of the U.S. And his voice
2: isn't what it used to be. Well, he's also 60 years old now. This is it. And, it's, you know, it's not a bad thing. I, I think it's just amazing that they I mean, I've got Dale Bozio back there from Missing Persons. I mean, she's not actually here. There's a book. But um, yeah. <laughs> if only that'd be amazing. But, um, you know, her voice is totally different now. But I love it how it is now. And I love it how it was back then it's mm-hmm. uh, you know you kind of have to go it comes back to that point of they're, they're just people you know? yeah they can look after their voice as much as they want but it's you know you feel like saying to people who are like oh it's not the same it's not the same and it's like well just don't listen to it what, so do, you, what do you want them you to try do try just doing like it. <laughs> shrivel up and just like cease to exist like just let them put out an album like yeah.
1: chill out You can choose whether you want to listen to it or not. That's totally up to you, but don't tell them what they should be doing. Really? Well, that's
2: it. It's just like, you know, I I just never get it. I'm always, I'm a kind of more, more, more kind of person. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. do you, do I want another album? Absolutely. Whoever it is, put it out there.
1: I just want them all to be happy. And if that means making music, then making music is still making them happy, then go for it.
2: I know that's, That's what it comes down to, isn't it? It's (laughs) just like, do what you want to do. You know, and don't bother what anyone else thinks.
1: Now, when you're talking about, obviously, the physical media, do you collect any vinyl cassettes or any other forms of retro media? Yes, I have my
2: all my vinyl case here. So it's kind of ridiculously, like, right down to the floor and then behind me as well, down there. Very good. So, yeah, there's a lot. Very good. Excessive yeah you're good but I love it I, I love to I, I think maybe it comes back to that you know getting into music through the videos and the visual side of things that that's always appealed to me as much as the music itself
0: mm-hmm. so to
2: you know I love the concept of an era and you know the artwork and the looks and the styling and everything tying into one so mm-hmm. I just find it really exciting when people really go for that and kind of put it all together and I mean, it's, you know, it's all really coming back round. And it's, I mean, some people go too far. You know, I think there's a number of variants that's acceptable. Mm
0: -hmm. Some
2: people, you know, maybe Taylor Swift goes slightly too far. Maybe there's too many variants of those albums that are never going to get played. And that, you know, I mean, it's nice to collect to a certain point, but I kind of limit myself to one of each album you know I like to go which is a nice one which is which looks like a nice package and I'll just get that yeah and, and I don't like keep them sealed I'm, I'm not you know people say to me why do you keep it sealed and it'll be worth loads in a few years time and I'm like okay it's meant to be played <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm, you know I'm not buying it for that reason so I you know I do get as I say when there's so many and there are you know people just buying it for the sake of it I'm like mm, it's you know it's, it's kind of sad that people are spending all this money on something that you know i mean i guess it makes people happy momentarily but when they're sat there for god knows how long and then they're going oh, look i've got no money in my account it's like sell your records like you don't you know if you've got eight of the same one and you know and all these big artists that can afford to get them all pressed or then sat there with this great bank balance they kind of think god i wish i they have that. shouldn't
1: they, they're they shouldn't be just sitting on a shelf You know, they should be, either you should be playing them or sell them to someone who will play them. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. I mean,
2: you know, actually, I don't, I was going to say, I, uh, I get maybe, you know, buying one extra. So then you've got like a nice clean one for in the future, if it goes out of print and something happens to yours. that's Uh, That's true. That's, that's maybe true. like sensical, but w- when it's so many, I just go. I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat. I mean, people, <laughs> you know, people collect well, and not, they love it. They're, and they're not cheap. I, well, that, that's it, That's the thing that I'm like,
1: yeah,
2: maybe I'm just jealous that they could afford to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it and I want to start collecting
1: these. vinyl, but it's it's a matter of, wow, it's not cheap at all. So it's, you're looking well, at 20 to $40 for, a brand new vinyl in most cases. This is the and thing. Canadian money.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, I kind of, I, as I say, limit it so that I have it and I go, oh, this is like a a special purchase and
0: mm-hmm. then
2: I can, you know, enjoy it and look at it and I take good care of it and it's there. And I, you know, I, I see people buying so many and I'm like, gosh, <laughs> how do you do that? Even some people, you know, people that I know, and I'm like, well, you never offered to split the bill when we go out. So <laughs> and Now I know, I know why what
1: you're doing.
2: <laughs> it's like, they're like, Oh, I just don't have any money yet. No shit. You don't yep. need more. <laughs> well, I'm going to wrap
1: things up right away here. And Connor, I just want to make sure that uh, I'll let you know, we're going to give all the links to our listeners on where they can get the magazine. Um, whether it be like online, you know, all your website yeah. links and such, and how they can get their own physical copies of Retro Pop. So I just want to thank you so much for what you're doing by bringing back a physical, readable, beautiful magazine that people can browse and read like really positive articles. So thank you for doing that.
2: No, thank you. And thank you to yeah. everyone who's kind of bought it and given it a chance. It's, you know, it it really amazes me when, you know, we're shipping them internationally and people, you know, it's obviously people who've never read it before because, you know, it's the first time they've ordered and it's not available in those countries. And it's kind of, I think it's the power of music and, you know, Mm -hmm. people love music and that's what I'm hopefully trying to spread a bit of happiness and bring it back through
0: hundred pages a month.
1: (laughs) It's perfect.
0: Hey kids, put down that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at Nostalgia Dope, Instagram at dope underscore nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785.
1: This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.